This is our second session on 2 Timothy 2, 1 to 7, and we're going to focus right here on you then, my child, that is Timothy, treating him as, as the one who came to Christ through Paul's ministry or who was brought into the ministry through Paul's efforts. And so the Paul, the, the elder talking to his son, you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. That's all we're going to focus on. Father, I pray that as we try to understand the nature of this strength and how grace is in Christ and what grace is and how it relates to strength, that you would make this happen in us. That I now and we, as we walk through this together, those who are watching would experience within, in our weakness, in, in our frailty, this kind of strength. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You then, my child, be strengthened. So that's a command that I think can apply to us, ought to apply to us. And so we should, if we obey this, take steps to experience strength, and it's, it's a passive, it's a be strengthened, so God is doing the strengthening, but we're commanded to experience it. <laughs> Isn't that remarkable? We are commanded to be strengthened by God, who is the strengthener, or grace is the strengthener, God's grace is the strengthener. So let's, let's ask first, the nature of the strength, what, what kind of strength does he have? Like strength to run a marathon, strength to... Uh, do marriage when it gets difficult, strength to get up in the middle of the night and feed your crying baby. What, what is this? And the context would be, you should entrust Timothy to faithful men, this work of entrusting, who will be able to teach others also. And this is going to involve soldier-like work and athlete-like work and a farmer-like work and soldiering and being an athlete and being a farmer require strength. Is it, is it mainly physical strength here? Does grace provide physical strength? Well, first, grace provides soul strength, right? soul strength. That is, our, our, our hearts begin to waver and we're just discouraged so much of the time. We don't have the spiritual wherewithal to do the necessary meditation, the necessary prayer, the necessary preparation, the necessary relational efforts that go into this kind of people work, and so our souls languish. That would be the first task that Paul is assigning to grace. Be strengthened by grace for that. But we all know that the joy of the Lord is our strength. That's Nehemiah, Nehemiah 1.8. The joy of the Lord. So if your soul is lifted by grace through Christ into joy, not only will your soul be made dynamic in carrying through what God calls you to do, but it will also strengthen your bodily efforts as well. So I don't think we need to limit 
be strengthened to soul, though it probably starts there. Now let's ask, how is grace in Christ Jesus? What does that mean? It's a very common phrase in the Bible. We just, we ride over it so quickly. The grace is in Christ. What does that mean in Christ Jesus? Now, if we just stay in 2 Timothy for a moment and go to 2 Timothy 1, 9 and 10, here's what we read. God saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace. So because of his grace, he called us to a holy calling We didn't do anything to deserve this calling here. That's what grace means, not deserved or even uh, ill-deserved. So not our good works and not our bad works, but grace initiated this call so that we now have a, a holy calling on our life. So this grace, which he gave us, in Christ Jesus, so there's the phrase, grace in Christ Jesus, that we saw back here in verse 1 of chapter 2, grace that is in Christ Jesus, this grace he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. So, before creation, God contemplated us, thought about us, his people, as sinners who will never work our way into our calling, and he willed before creation to call us with a holy calling in spite of our lives by grace. So grace did that before the creation, and it says that was in Christ before creation, which means when God thought of us as not having the works needed in order to be in his favor. He did it. He he planned this calling in Christ. He, He said, I'm going to do this in relation to Christ. He doesn't spell out here how he'll do it, like he's going to be incarnate, he's going to live a perfect life, he's going to die in their place, he's going to rise from the dead. But that is what's in view here. Everything Christ did so that God in justice and mercy could call and make his own a people who don't have the necessary works by grace that's in Christ. And then he adds, and which has now, so that was before creation, now it has been manifested. This grace has been manifested through the appearing of Jesus Christ. So it was planned in relation to Christ, and it was now manifest through the appearing of Jesus Christ, who abolished death brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So these great saving works that he did for us in order that he might save us, he did by the appearing of Jesus Christ. So my my answer to the question, what does it mean that grace that strengthens us is in Christ, is that before creation and in the incarnation and in the work on the cross and the resurrection, everything Christ did is the means by which grace strengthens sinners like us who trust in this grace. 
So this is in relation to Christ Jesus, in dependence on Christ Jesus. Last question. Um, how does grace do this strengthening? Is, is grace here a power or is it a disposition in God to be nice to us when we don't deserve it? A lot of people think about grace as undeserved favor, which it is, and don't think about it as a power, which it also is. For example, Ephesians uh, 2, 4 to 6, God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive. So we were dead and he made us alive together with Christ. Pause, insert. And this is what it looks like in Greek as well. This little dash here. He slips in. This sentence could have continued without that parenthesis, right? He could have said, we were dead in our trespasses. He made us alive together with Christ and raised us up with him. But he puts this in right here. By grace, you have been saved. Meaning, this is what I'm talking about when I say saved. By grace, you have been made alive when you were dead. Which means that grace is not just a disposition in God. It is the very power of God that raises the dead. So God exerted grace when we were dead and made us alive. So I'm just illustrating that grace is a power. Here it is again, a power to live there and now a power to do good deeds. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to make all grace, grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. That's what grace enables us to do. It's power to do good works or 1 Corinthians 15, 10, but, but by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. His grace toward me was not in vain. By the grace of God, I am what I am. His grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I. Well, because of this, but it was the grace of God with me. So when Paul put out effort, like the effort of the soldier, the effort of the athlete, the effort of the farmer, when he puts out these efforts here, it says, it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. So that's, that's what's going on here. How, how do we experience this grace producing this strength for these efforts? That's that's how Paul's thinking. That's what we must ask. And my answer is, number one, we look to Christ because this grace is in Christ Jesus. We don't deserve this grace. We're not going to get this grace anywhere but in trusting Christ. So we look to Christ. That's number one. Look to Christ and everything he is and did. Look to him and as you see him and his sufficiency and his great work and his triumph and his life and his promises, then trust that because of Christ, because of Christ, 
we will have all we need to do this. That's the key. That's, that's how strength through joy happens in the soul. We look to Christ. We see Christ in all that he's done, all that he is, all that he promises. And there rises in us a sense of amazing beauty and greatness and worth in Jesus. We are drawn to trust that. And in trusting that, this strength happens for everything God expects of us. He does not require anything of us that he will not give us strength to do.